0: Hello and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, my podcast about change and how to improve your life. This week's episode is called Trust the Timings of Your Life. Um, And I'll apologise now, you might hear some noise in the background. That is uh, the sound of olive tremors um, because I... (laughs) Mentioned in the previous episode, I now live in Andalusia in, um, a, on a mountain retreat which um, is literally surrounded by hundreds of acres of olive trees and we're in the middle of, well, coming towards the end of November now and that means everybody is manically trying to get as many olives off trees as they can do. Uh, the traditional way of doing it is to get up into the tree and strip the branches yourself by hand but the modern way is to get this really bizarre machine which looks a little bit like um, a petrol strimmer and it's got this great big long pole on it with a sort of fork on the end so you ram that up into the tree you get it started and it shakes the tree until all the olives fall off so that's what the sound is that you might be getting um, in the background. Uh, It goes on for an entire month I don't even really even hear it to be honest with you now but that's what that is. Um, so yeah, the the uh, the the name of this this week's episode is "Trust the Timings of Your Life," um, and the reason I wanted to start with that was that's really where it all started for me um, in twenty fifteen when I left education. Um, first of all, I didn't realize I was leaving education. That's one thing to to make clear right now. I genuinely had <laughs> I had no idea I was actually leaving uh, the career at the time. I just thought I was having some kind of a burp. Um, and was going to take a little while to try and work out, you know, what the burp was and how to um, get the burp out. Anywho, so I basically was on a career trajectory um, to... Headship. So my plan was, um, I started off teaching in two thousand and five um, as a modern foreign languages teacher, and um, I was lucky because quite rapidly I got promoted to head of department. So I think that happened within a sort of a year and a half. In fact, I didn't even interview for it, which was quite bizarre. The head teacher just walked past me at the school gates one day, and said, "Oh, by the way, you're you're head of department now," which was odd um and then from head of department in that school I left went to another one um which was like a head of faculty role so there was more departments and stuff for me to you know take care of um I stayed in that school for I don't know 3 years 3 or 4 years I think it was um before applying for this government funded um scheme to fast track me into headship which I was really lucky or you know conversely you could say not lucky I don't know I was um let's say lucky to 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 get onto that and I joined that in 2013 um and it sort of the whole idea was it was a bit like giving you a bit of a degree really rapidly and you were surrounded by really fabulous you know head teachers etc etc and they trained you to become a fabulous head teacher um, um, and then you had to go out there and you know find the jobs type thing uh, with a little bit of help from them and i so I had really you know really signed myself up here for being you know a future you know changer of the education system. I was specifically going to just work with uh, children in inner city schools that 's all i'd ever done that 's all I was interested in doing um, Uh, It's been really interesting this year watching the whole exam fiasco you know, unravel through COVID because um, a lot of things that I knew for granted, things that I you know was working to try and improve in terms of life chances for kids in inner city schools. People are only just starting to learn about now. You know, people are literally only now starting to realize that if your kid goes to an inner city school, you know, they're less likely to get good exam results, and that's not because the teaching is not as good. It's not you know because you know the quality of the education is any it in you know, in any way, you know, questionable. It is literally because of the postcode that your child is in. Uh, um, It's been really interesting to see people realise that for the first time. But yeah, so effectively, this, you know, was my career trajectory. I thought that's, you know, the way things were going to go for me. And, um, in fact I, I you know i had i had even gone to the extent of you know with my partner um taking on quite a large mortgage uh, for quite a a, a large dilapidated uh, edwardian semi detached townhouse you know that we had bought with a view to me becoming a deputy head and my um yeah, and, you know, my partner working in the bank that that he was working in and me, you know, pulling in whatever it would have been, 60, 70 grand a year doing my job. And then, you know, we we're going to get a builder in to, to renovate this this house. And as it turns out, as it went in the end, you know, everything, absolutely everything was turned on its head. And it was turned on its head by me. And the truth of it is... I had no idea it was going to happen. I you know didn't choose consciously beforehand to do it, but it just happened. Um and I guess the thing of it was I did just allow it to happen. Um yeah. So delving a bit further into that, um effectively, you know, on D day, the day that I sort of ripped everything up. I had uh, been on an interview um, for a job as a deputy head, and that was my first interview as a deputy head. I think I had already been for uh, two, possibly three. I think, um, and I think with every interview that I'd been to, anyone that um, that ha- that does or has worked in education will be able to attest to this you tend to go to interviews and generally get surrounded by 80% dickhead and, you know, 20% good guy. (laughs) Um, And the 80% dickheads are like career interviewers. So they're like people that are just, you know, constantly out of their schools, constantly interviewing, just looking for anything to get out of the situation that they're in. And they are just dickheads. Like, and it can be it becomes progressively more demoralizing to be around them because you literally you start off preparing for your first you know interview in management and you really you know for me personally I, you know I I felt really quite sort of you know mo- well very motivated obviously towards affecting change improving life chances for children in the worst possible situations um <clears throat> And, you know, I really wanted to be able to demonstrate measurable improvement and difference in, in, you know, the role that I hoped to get. But when you're, you know, feeling that way and then you go to an interview and, you know, eighty-four of the other five candidates are, you know, just there for the hell of it to get out of school for the day on the off chance that they might say the right combination of words to get this job, and then you don't get the job, and one of them does that really does leave you kind of going, Jesus, what's the point of even trying to do, you know, the right thing? Um, so I had been for, let's say, three um, interviews before this one and, you know, lost out on the job Um. I think on each occasion to one of the wankers, you know, just people who were bragging at the beginning of the interview, how many days they'd, you know, been out of school in the last couple of months on interview and how many more interviews they had lined up, et cetera, et cetera. and it had just sort of, yeah, I had I'd gotten to a stage in it all where I just thought, honest to God, if I, you know, miss out on this one as well to one of those twats, I'm really going to have to think about this. Um, and lo and behold, that, that you know, is exactly what happened. You know, the guy that was sort of bragging to everyone about how, you know, he didn't give a shit if you got this or not and... um coming out of parts of the interview, because in teaching the interview lasts all day, it's fucking horrific, uh, coming out of parts of the interview and laughing about what he'd said to them and the lies that he'd been telling, um, you know, to, in order to get, in order to sort of get ahead, if you like. Um think, yeah so the you know the uh the head teacher phoned me that evening and said, "You know you've not been successful um this you know is the person that got it and I just snapped I really did." <laughs> I mean I'm not proud Because I look back now And I think Fucking hell you know, Would I do that again now Would I speak to that man In the way I did Because this man was like A national leader in education And so national leader in education Is like the creme de la creme You know the people that have Measurable You know Incredible results For in all cases With all kids Their schools are like You know fucking pristine Everything's wonderful about them And this guy was on the phone to me Telling me that I hadn't got the job And yet there was definitely A bit of you know bitter child in my voice when I, you know, told him what a mistake he'd made made and how he would come to regret employing uh, this man that he had employed. but I, I I just couldn't anymore. I think I'd had ten years of watching utter dickhead climb to the top um, through just the right amount of you know lies, effectively, um, and it was just you know I think I had just you know my my um, my bullshit cup runneth over at this point in time, and so I just let you know I just let rip on this guy, you know, I, and I knew I think maybe it was self tab- self sabotage. Um, there's a lot of uh, you can listen to podcasts and read loads of books etc about the inner saboteur which I don't know if you have or haven't heard about but you know the whole concept of the inner saboteur Mm -hmm. Um, is that, you know, we hold ourselves back by saying, you know, I cannot, I, you know, I must not, you know, I'm, I'm you know, this, I, th- this is not for me, I'm, you know, I can't allow myself, this was not one of those moments for me, however, <laughs> this was uh, conscious sabotage by me, I think, I think it was definitely a moment in which I just thought, no, fuck this, for a laugh, absolutely not, you have just Given a job to someone who doesn't give a shit about your school, and you have. And I was not, you know, the only good candidate there. There were other really great people at that interview um, who would have just done such a good job and probably could have done a better job than me, you know, so I'm not saying I was the best candidate and uh, you know, if some of the other candidates you know, that, that were at that interview had got the job, it would have been a very different phone call with this man at the end of it all but the fact that the twat got it was just like I I am done <laughs> Like I am like, that is it thanks, no thanks Um, so I told him, you know Exactly what I thought. Uh, put the phone down. I still had my three-piece suit on. I used to wear a three-piece suit. Um, always a waistcoat. I mean, you've got to have some decorum. And, um, yeah, so I just I just got into bed. I think we're talking like half past four in my three-piece suit, <laughs> curled up in the bed. James, my partner, came through and was like, what's wrong? And I just looked and was like, "I, I can't. I'm sorry. Right now, I... I just can't. I'm sorry. I can't. (laughs) And, um, bless him. He, he literally just sort of withdrew from the room without turning his back on me, just in case I threw something at the door. Um, and I lay there on the bed for quite a long time. I couldn't tell you how long, but I think probably easily over half an hour. Um, I just lay there thinking, I can't do this anymore. This is, you know, this is pointless. This is not me. Yes, I want to, you know, I wanted to become a national leader of education. I wanted to be one of the people with the, you know, that helped the most kids that improved, you know, circumstances and, and and, and you know, raised the life goals of kids in the worst case scenarios as best I could for, for as many as I could. Um, but this now was saturation point, I think. This now for me was, why do I want to do that? Have I really absolutely thought this through? Is this the right thing, you know? for me, because I don't think, you know, I had really, really thought about it. I went into teaching in 2005 thinking, uh, you know, I have to do something. I'd done my degree. I started that in 1999. I finished it in 2004. Um, I got a masters. master's. Um, I did well in that. I, you know, I applied for a bunch of post-grad roles. One of them was teaching. They were offering a golden hello, which we laughingly refer to as the golden shower. And um, I went for the interview and teaching, much like I went for interviews, you know, as recruitment consultants and all sorts. And uh, the teaching came through. It was it was a post-grad course in Manchester. I was living in Glasgow. I was in a fairly shitty relationship at the time. I was living with the person. It was not good. Um, and I thought, oh, this isn't out. And even if I just, you know, go to Manchester, do the one year... Uh, get the post-grad. Um, I can then decide, you know, maybe I'll move to London, maybe I'll get, you know, one of these jobs in one of these fancy, you know, schools in Hong Kong or something. Just fucking go for it, see what happens. Um, and one thing literally led to another, you know, I didn't finish the post-grad in the way that you normally would. I literally started, I started the post-grad you know, following the system, um. But when I got to my uh second school placement, you go through, you know, you get sent to different schools. Um. That school asked me if I could just stay on and finish the post postgrad there in a classroom teaching because they had a teacher that was at risk of failure, which means you know, you have to get rid of a teacher that's at risk of failure effectively because you don't want to, you know, fail a teacher because that's the end of their career. Then so it's quite typical, um. If you've got a teacher that you're struggling with to just release them from their contract, if you like, Uh, of course, they can then go on. Because sometimes it can just be the school, you know, sometimes the school doesn't agree with them and they can succeed elsewhere. Uh, So they had this teacher that was at risk of failure um, and they had me as a trainee. So I spoke to the university and the university said, well, yes, if you can help this teacher and release them and you can, you know, carry on doing your tasks, et cetera, whilst working, then that's fine. So that's what I did instead of, you know, the traditional system, um, which obviously I was lucky to go straight into education in that manner and, you know, be you know trusted and relied on by a school in that way. But what that also did mean for me was I didn't have that moment where you sit back and think, is this what I want? Is this the direction I want to take? Is this the school I want to work in? Are these the kids I want? Blah, blah, blah. Um, it just all happened to me. And I think when you're 24, 25, you know, you don't necessarily question things happening to you because you don't maybe necessarily have the drive or the understanding, um, that allows you to, to know the direction that you definitively want to go in, you know. So, um, it happened to me and, you know, one thing definitely led to another. Like I said, in that first school, I just became a head of department without applying or anything. Um, and so bit by bit, I just I found my life just evolving in directions that I wasn't really, you know, necessarily feeling in control of. The only thing I did know was I was I was passionate about improving things for kids, you know, and I, and I think actually ultimately that's where a lot of people find themselves, you know in these situations where, you know, your career just sort of happens to you and the decisions are almost, you know, made for you. And even in situations where, you know, you apply for jobs, it's not necessarily that you find your ideal job. It's just because you're thinking, I can't possibly cope any longer where I am. This job doesn't seem shit. Or, you know, maybe you've, you know, the, you get an ideal of of what, you know, moving to another another business might might be like um, but in actual fact the thing the thing that the, the, the that occurred to me when I was lying in my bed that day, unable to get you know lift my head off of the pillow, which is really not you know how i I am much as an adult um, the thing that occurred to me was maybe maybe right now, maybe this moment right now is the perfect opportunity and I didn't know what that meant I just thought what if what if this right now is the time to 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 make a change you know I put the phone down from this guy who I'd just given a mouthful to you know I had had you know 10 years of progressing within this career I thought I had known the direction I was going in it turns out you know I was starting to question that or, or, you know, maybe, you know, off and on, mostly on Sunday evenings about 9pm, I would have thought, you know, I had in the past thought, is this what I want to do? Um, but it just occurred to me in this one second, you know, lying, lying on the bed in a three-piece suit, maybe now is a time to, 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 to listen to what options there are. So... You know, in my personal case, I knew that I'd just taken on this massive mortgage. We had this trashed house that needed a lot of work doing to it, and that was going to cost a lot. Um, we didn't have the skill set ourselves to do it. My partner was, you know, working. I certainly wasn't, you know, able to knock walls down and plaster things. Um, So, you know, just becoming, you know, just saying I'll stay at home and do the house, that wasn't going to be an option. I had money that I needed to make, um, but I also had a feeling there and then that, you know, something had to change and it had to be fairly, uh, a fairly wide spanning change. Uh, so that was just it. I thought, fuck it, you know, literally, fuck it. What is the worst that can happen? And I think quite often people don't really allow themselves the opportunity to explore what is the worst that could happen because your brain obviously then takes over and before you know it, you know, horrific things are happening in your head. But in fact, if you really consider that, you know, what is the worst thing that could happen if you were to just leave your job and, you know, do something else, it's probably not that bad. You know, it's probably not. if you know, And I didn't have massive savings. I didn't have, you know, anything to fall back on. No rich parents. No, you know, nobody... You know, there was no money tree. Nobody was going to come and save me. There wasn't any planning into this. You know, there was no sort of... There was no cushion. There was no take a month off, you know, wander through fields and, you know, enjoy the sunset. There was none of that. There was, if I am not going to take this job... Uh, you know, if, sorry, if I if I'm not going to continue with this line of work, um, you know, I could have, for example, the next day gone and done some um, a supply teacher, teaching, and that would have meant I would have had you know two hundred quid a day or something coming in, so I could have done that starting the following day. I decided no, I'm not going to do that, but I knew I was going to have to pull in. In my case, it was about sixteen hundred quid basically a month i knew that i needed that just to pay the bills um so i i knew that you know that that was the bottom line for me you know yes fine go off find yourself enjoy doing that love but also make sure that you know this this amount of money comes in um so i yeah i just decided that's uh i'm going to i do you know I'm, i'm gonna do this Um, And that was really when this phrase, trust the timings of your life, started to really mean something to me because at points like this, you know, the temptation is to say, this is awful, you know, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? You know, nobody believes me, nobody understands me, you know how am I going to progress? If I'm not a teacher, then what am I? Or if I'm not, you know, whatever it is, a banker or a doctor or, you know, whatever it is that you see yourself as being, if I'm not that, then what am I? Well, the answer is you are you. You know, you are not a teacher. You are not, you know, a a subway sandwich maker. You you are not a member of staff from, you know, Morrison's supermarket and bloody fly in the house. Um, you are you, and 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 all of these things are done to you, and they surround you, and you know if you if you stand still, they will all pile on top of you. But if you move, and you consciously choose the direction that you're moving in, then that you choose whether they are attached to you. And this was starting to begin to become clear to me. Uh, I could make the choice to be who I wanted to be and not have it done to me and that had never really occurred to me before it just had not occurred to me that I could do that that was like phew. Um, it didn't take you know any of the anxiety away of walking away from a monthly pay packet I can tell you that but it did allow me the space to be able to say fuck it just literally fuck it fine I will just I will find a way to make this work Um, now is the time. Now now, absolutely is the time. And I don't think that there's been really a day since that day um, in October of 2015 where I haven't thought now is the time to just, just fucking do it. Whatever it is you need to do, just do it. Don't sit back thinking I'll do that in the future, or, you know, on Friday when I meet up with my friends and we have a glass of wine, I'll talk about whether I should or I shouldn't, you know, or, you know, oh, I'll have to, you know, get my tarot cards read, or I need to, you know, read my horoscope this week, does this week look like a good week, did it? No, just fucking do it. If there's something that you're thinking about doing, and you feel a spark of emotion about it, and it's not going to hurt anyone else, but it might be good for you, then just do it. I, you know, I can't overemphasize that enough. If the space is there for you to do it, then, then, you know, what is the worst that can happen? And I'm not saying that I've had, you know, constant success ever since making that realization, because I haven't. But what has occurred to me is that actually, if you open up the opportunity for things to happen, you will be shocked at what will take place you know like I had no idea on that day you know in that three-piece suit in bed with the you know with the cover pulled over me that in it that things would take off in the way that they did and they really did and the only reason that things really took off for me was because I allowed them to. I allowed myself to say I don't know what's going to happen and that is okay. I I'm driven. I am going to make the money I have to make every month and I will do that come hell or high water. Um I didn't do anything illegal. I you know I I did I I I I created my own business. and I'll, I'll go into that, you know, later, but um I knew I had to work really quickly at, at making it work and I, and I just did, do you know. Um but really the, the the key in all of this is is that I had a point at which I just thought, now is the time. Um and now is the time, you know, for everyone, specifically now, you know, we look at this COVID thing and we think, Oh, it's horrific, and how are we going to all get by and I'm stuck in my house and that is a really, really fucking shit year, you know, that's not that's not you mince- it's bad. Um but actually people are getting an opportunity this year that you you know that they've that you never had before to sit back and think where am i going and what do i want you can do that this year because because the normal rules are thrown out society isn't what it was uh, and and that creates a space that creates a space in which you can sit back and think how can I tweak my life a little bit? Try not to get too involved in in the thoughts of money and and oh, but I, you know I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I've got all of these commitments because you know the the commitments. You know when you're lying on your deathbed, will not be important anymore. They really will not be. You know the, the, this is this is about just finding a little bit of space in your head where you can go. What 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 change? Did I want? what change in the back of my head do i want and then just fucking do it take the first step send the email make the phone call you know write the text put the bloody instagram story whatever it is that 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 first step that moves you in that direction try it because you will be astounded when you go in a di- when you walk in a direction, you allow yourself that space, uh, to walk in a direction that you want to go, and you will be astounded at how it waterfalls. It just everything falls into place, uh, and it just it will it, just work for you. It, it really it really will, um, because you're allowing it. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It sounds, like, far too easy. Like, that can't be the answer, but it is. Uh, it's just allowing things to happen and and, and, and and being prepared to fail and just going at it. Give it a go. There's nothing you can lose, really, you know, ultimately. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. Uh, if you like it, subscribe please give me five star ratings. I'm not a fan of any other ratings. Um, And let's speak soon. Take care. Bye.